Hi, this is Mark Brady. I'm the pastor at Anchor Faith Church in Valdosta, Georgia. I want to thank you for listening to our podcast today. We believe it will bless you and minister to you. I get ready to receive a word from God. So let's go to the scriptures today. Uh, can we make it legal by reading the Bible? Thank you for your support. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 19 uh, through 20. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 19 through 20. I don't know if you like that little appetizer we got this morning. The exceeding greatness of his power to us what will believe according to the working of his mighty power which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead. Now this little Bible verse here is power pack. They are full Greek words for power. The exceeding greatness of his power. That word power there is the word dunamis. Somebody say dunamis. It stands for miraculous power. Somebody say miraculous power. To us, what we believe according to the working. That word working there is another word for power. Is the Greek word energia. Somebody say energy. That's another word for power. Energy. Of his mighty power. Two compound words. You know, mighty. In the Greek, iskus. It stands for strength. Somebody say strength. Strength. And then power, kratos. It stands for dominion. Dominion. So you got here four Greek words for power. Dunamis, Energia, Iskus, Kratos, and in Luke chapter 9, he gave them power and authority. Authority is another word for power. Exousia, delegated authority. Amen. Uh, and so, Romans chapter, Romans chapter 8, verse 26. When we do not know how to pray, the Spirit will help us. We do not know how to pray because of our infirmity. Uh, the Spirit will help us, right? That word help, help, it's sonantelabano, sonantelabana. It means together. Somebody say together, against, against, together, against. That's what it means. Weakness there is translated asthenia, in, infirmity, but it also means. The inability, somebody said the inability to produce result. Say it again, the inability to produce result. So if you rephrase it with a Greek etymology, it simply means that the Spirit of God will come together with you against your inability to produce result. Amen? All of this is going to make sense. I'm just making it legal. I have to build my case, right? Thank you for your support. So, First uh, uh, Samuel, First Samuel, uh, chapter one, um, verse four through seven. And whenever the time came for Elkanah to make an offering, he will give portions to Penana, his wife, and to all her sons and daughters. But to Hannah, he would give a double portion, for he loved Hannah, although the Lord had closed her womb. And her rival also provoked her severely to make her miserable because the Lord closed her womb. So it was year by year. Somebody say year by year. When she went up to the house of the Lord 
and she provoked her. Therefore, she wept and did not eat. Another scripture that we're going to hit, but we're not going to read it. It's in Luke chapter 18, where Jesus is saying, man, man always ought to pray uh, without losing heart. One translation said without, without fainting. And so that word there, fainting, is the word uh, oligocycles, which simply means without becoming small on the, insi- on the inside. So say this with me. I'm white on the inside. I know some of you don't want to say that. We're not talking about on the outside. You don't want to look like, like me, but it's going to make sense. I'm white on the inside. Amen. Let's stand up one more time. Let's stand up one more time. Now that we made it legal, we give you scriptures. Let's raise our hands towards heaven. Both of our hands, if you can. Say this declaration with me. Say, Father God, in the name of Jesus, I come before you. I boldly declare that I believe in the supernatural. I believe in miracles. This morning, Lord, I ask you to give me eyes to see, ears to hear, a heart to receive, a will to obey, and faith to act. In the name of Jesus, I take my position in Christ, and I take authority over every spirit that does not confess the name of Jesus. I command them to leave this place, and I declare that this place is an open heaven. The Holy Spirit is free to move. The angels of God are ascending and descending. They are going to and fro to execute the commands of God's word. Preach Holy Spirit. Teach Holy Spirit. Prophesy Holy Spirit. Heal the sick God. Do what only you can do. And take all the glory in the matchless name of Jesus. Can you burn with a shout and say amen? amen. Tell somebody next to you, you may be seated, but please don't be defeated. Amen. So I'm speaking for my new book, Do It Again. But we don't have any copies of this book here. But I think Pastor Say is going to order some. If you want, you can get it from the church later. But it's a very uh, interesting topic. You see, there's some things you just can't ease into. Uh, some things by their very own nature do not have a user-friendly tutorial or a welcome mat or on-the-ramp access. Revival is one of those things. Uh, you know, putting this book, I've studied over 300 years, putting this book together, 300 years of revival, 18th century, 19th century, and 20th century, early 20th century revival, you begin to understand that not any two revivals are alike. Why? Because God uses the personality and the cultural background of the people involved to shape the revival. Hello? So that's why sometimes going after revival is a little like hunting for an animal you've never seen. Hello? And revival has become a cliche word in the church to the extent that a lot of us confuse what revival is with what revival is not. 
Hello? Now listen, revival is not something that man works up. It is something that God sends down. Thank you for your overwhelming enthusiasm. Listen, you can no more schedule a revival than you can schedule an earthquake or a hurricane. Revival is not about buildings, a series of special meetings, or church services. Even though special and continual meetings can be the trigger and the result of it. Listen, a move of God's spirit is not measured by the quantity of gatherings. Its success rate is evaluated by the quality of Christianity produced in the lives of those who were impacted by the meetings. Hello? This is very important. Um, revival is the return to normal Christianity. Thank you for your overwhelming support. I'm going to say it one more time. Revival is the return to normal Christianity. We're like, oh my gosh, we're having a revival. No, we're going back to the basics. It's a return to normal Christianity. There's the thing. The church has been subnormal for so long that by the time we become normal, everyone thinks that it is abnormal. What happened this morning here is not abnormal. It is normal. People should be getting healed every time you come to church. Come on, the Spirit of God should be moving every time in your house, every time you come together. Any two or three come together, in, I will be in their midst. Revival is a return to normal Christianity. So, here's the thing. Here's the thing. The church has been subnormal for so long that by the time it becomes normal, everything that everybody thinks that it is abnormal. If Christianity was a crime, there will not have been many evidence to convict a lot of people that call themselves Christians. Hello? In other words, you have a lot of people that call themselves Christians, but they have there's no evidence. There's no difference between their lives and the lives of people that are not saved. So by the time a Christian gets back to normal temperature, everyone else that is religious thinks that they have a favor, a fever, thinks that they have a fever. Hello? Revival is the manifestation and demonstration of throne room activities on the earth. Is the glory revealed, the glory manifested, and the glory demonstrated. Somebody shout, do it again. Say, do it again. Shout, do it again. This is very important. So, as you begin to look at revival, the way it works, when you look at all the different revivals, Usually it starts with one individual. That person gets dissatisfied with the status quo. They get hungry. They get angry. They decide to go after God with everything that they have. All right? So revival must be personal before it becomes corporate. Right? As a matter of fact, Revival is not something that you do. Revival is not a place where you go. Revival is a person and his name is Jesus Christ. 
And the more you fall in love with Jesus, the more you'll be in revival. So one person falls in love with Jesus and they get all passionate about it. And then it moves into what it's called a micro, M-I-C-R-O, a micro. So a smaller group of people join together and are passionate and begin to seek God. And then it goes viral. Hello? And the difference between a revival and an awakening is that a revival is for the church, but an awakening is for the community and the nation. So when it goes viral, it begins to break beyond the walls of the church. It begins to affect the city, the region, the nation, and the nations. Going viral is a phrase that has gone viral. But the implication of going viral, it simply means that something is being passed among people like a virus. Do we know something about a virus being passed? Something that started in Wuhan, China, somewhere has gotten all over the world and changed and shaken the way we do everything. Now, if this is what a virus can do, think about what the power of God can do. Come on, this thing started with one man called Jesus Christ. And then he told his disciples to go in Jerusalem and to wait uh, until they were endued with power. And when the Holy Ghost came over them, come on, he moved from Judea, from Jerusalem to Judea, to Samaria, to the ends of the earth. And it's still going on right now. Somebody shout, do it again. Somebody shout, do it again. But see, somebody has to catch the vision of revival. Somebody has to get dissatisfied. So, you know, the, the desire to challenge the status quo is the is a key to, and the gate to revelation. Hello? Now, Evan Robert did a study called The Diffusion of Innovation in which he discovered that there is a sociological greed with a natural, greed with a natural bell curve that says that 2.5% of the population in the world is what we, are what we call Innovators. 13.5% of the population are what we call early adopters. 34% of the population is what we call the early majority. 34, another 34% are what we call the late majority. 16% are what we call the laggers. Now, the early majority are open to new ideas, but they're less prone. To taking risk. But the innovators, the 2.5% are prone to taking risk. And in the final analysis, those are the people that shape, come up with methodology, inventions that shape our entire culture and civilization. Only 2.5% of the world, the world population is affecting our entire lives and culture. 2.5. Hello? Now, when you study revival, you begin to understand that in the early stage, God has to raise up some spiritual innovators. People who will go against the grain. People who will get dissatisfied with the way things are. And they decide to do something about it. They decide to pray. They decide to seek God. Hello? 
They asked John Wesley, what is the secret to your success? He said, I set myself on fire and people come to watch me burn. Glory, better God. I wonder what would happen in this community. Come on. If every, every member of this church will set themselves on fire. Come on. The whole community will come and watch you burn. So when you look at a pattern of revival, there's usually the way it happens. It happens in these three sequences. Number one, somebody say this with me. Darkness devastates. So usually what happened in, in the moments before a revival breaks out, there's a spiritual decline. There's a moral decline in our culture. Phrases like post-church or post-Christian era are used to describe the, the season or the moment we live in before revival will come in. So there is a spiritual decline. How many of you know that before King Uzziah died, Israel was in a period of darkness. Hello? Darkness devastated. But then a champion called Isaiah resonated. Where he had an encounter with throne room activities. So darkness devastates, but there must be some champion. Come on, the 2.5% that have to resonate. They have to respond. Before the exodus, Egypt was in a place of darkness. Pharaoh raised up a power structure with a system of predictability. With taskmaster, the system told them when to get up, when to go to sleep. Hello? Darkness devastated. Before the flood, darkness devastated. But then every, every single time, God has to raise somebody. Somebody say, champion resonate. I like to say kingdom champion. Those 2.5%, they resonate. So Isaiah got up. Moses got up with a mandate from God. Hello? And the third phase is this. Dunamis will detonate. The power of God will be released and it will bring, come on, revival will counter the spiritual decline. Revival will create momentum and revival will bring reformation and an awakening in our culture. Somebody shout glory. glory. Say glory three times. Glory, glory, glory. The 60s were known as a time of society disorder in America, economic disorder. We have the Vietnam War that took place. And there was tension in our culture. Uh, in 1962, the Supreme Court started what David Barton called an all-out all assault against Christianity. In the case John versus Vittel, they rule out that, that prayer was unconstitutional. They banned prayer from school. And a hundred years after the first condom was produced, the first uh, birth control, commercialized birth control pill was produced and made available to the public. With the frustration of the Vietnam War, it paved a way to what they call the sexual revolution. People said, let's make love and not war. Woodstock happened. The Beatles became famous. John Lennon 
the lead singer of the Beatles says, we are more popular than Jesus Christ and Christianity must go. Darkness devastated. In 1960, they said church attendance was down. Religious literature cell was down. They call this time a post-Christian era. It seems like darkness devastated. And when John Lennon made that statement, he couldn't have been more wrong because in the next year, God released a redemptive win with the Jesus movement. In the street of Hay and Hasbury in San Francisco, there was a man by the name of Arthur Blessed and others that started to push for the return of vintage Christianity. And there was a win, come on, a revival that swept this entire nation with the Jesus people's movement. As a matter of fact, in 1972, Time magazine put on the front page of the newspaper, they said the Jesus revolution saying that the Jesus people movement had more impact than Woodstock, had more impact and affected the social fabric of our cities, of our nations, and our community. Hello? Darkness devastated. Champion resonated. But dunamis detonated. And folks, we are right here, right now, in these United States. We have seen this movie that we're watching play out before. Because the way when darkness begins to move, there's a spirit of persecution. And they try to remove God out of everything. Hello? And the way that spirit of persecution operates, it operates with a spirit of witchcraft. Hello? Now, you know, some, some of us, we come from the mother continent. Thank you for your overwhelming support. And when we talk about witchcraft, some of you can already picture. Sometimes I call myself the grandson of King Booga Booga. You can picture some people in the motherland Africa dancing around the fire. Wooga, 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 wooga. Yeah, that's, those are the, the, the witchcraft is over there. Hello? But actually, that's, that's, that's a, it's a, listen, any attempt to control or manipulate the life of another human being is called witchcraft. And I want to tell you right now, we have witchcraft in operation in America right now. And the way it operates is like this. Intimidation, manipulation, and control. Hello? And then, with that comes an antichrist spirit. And the way it works is like this. What used to be celebrated is now condemned. And what used to be condemned is now celebrated. And if you refuse to celebrate what was condemned, they're going to counsel you. Hello? You are sexist. You are racist. Yeah, you are homophobic. Thank you for your support. Hello? A lot of people are drinking Coca-Cola. Thank you for your overwhelming support. And many Christians and church leaders are like Gideon, hiding on the bottom, at the bottom of the wine press, while the Midianites are devastating the city and the nation. Hello? 
when are we going to wake up and stand up? When we go in the Middle East, over there, Christians are not afraid to die for what they believe. Hello? I was in a place in Pakistan. And after we done the miracle festival, we had, they had, they cooked the food and we were eating in the, in the same place where we had the meetings. And the pastor was saying to me, you know, there was a lot of death threat. They promised us they were going to kill you and kill all of us this weekend if we had this, this miracle gathering here. And we sent them a message back and said that this will be a great time for all of us to go to heaven. And I said, time out. Did I have anything to say about it? Hello? They never even told me that we were under severe death threat. Hello? And the area where we did the meeting is called the mouth of the lion where Al-Qaeda had his, its headquarters. And there was serious death threat. But for them, it was not a big deal. And they, they even, even they, they, did not, they didn't even let me know that I was going to get killed. Hello? They're willing to stand for what they believe. They didn't hide at the bottom of the wine press like many of us are doing today. Hello? Church, if they can drink Coca-Cola, you can drink Jesus Cola. And stand for the word. There's a difference between rebellion and revolution. Rebellion is coming against authority. That's not what I'm talking about. A revolution is standing for what you believe. Hello? So I am born again. I believe that God's word is the final authority. And I'm not going to change what I believe based on the pressure that you put on me. Hello? Now I know right now people are feeling as if, you know, Things are going the wrong way. Oh my gosh, what's going to happen? Listen, we've seen this movie play out before. Darkness devastated. Champion, come on, kingdom champion must resonate. So that dunamis can detonate. And God loves to work while it is dark. Read your Bible. It was the evening. And it was, the, it was the morning and the evening. It was the first day. It was the evening and the morning the second day. It was the evening and the morning and the third day. God starts to work when it is dark. Hello? So the darker it gets, come on, the brighter his glory is going to shine. So we shouldn't be afraid of what's going on. We should release, come on, we should, we should release the opportunity to shine. Isaiah 60 says, arise and shine for your light has come for the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. Come on, the best days of America are not behind us, but they are ahead of us. I'm not here to advertise Hollywood. But now and then, I see good illustration because I'm a preacher. I look for illustrations. How many of you remember the Karate Kid? Thank you for your support. I know you're in church. You don't want, you want to act like, some of you don't act like, I never watch a movie. I'm so holy and sanctified. I saw you like, Karate Kid, no. But there are several franchise, uh, there are several movies in the franchise and, and what happened 
is that in one, in one episode, whatever happened to the karate kid, he always attracted bullies. I don't know what was wrong with him. Always fighting bullies. But in one episode, they go to Japan. In the previous episode, he won. He defeated a bully using the crane technique. How many of you remember that? I couldn't keep that fit up for a long time. The crane technique. He used, he used that technique and he defeated the bully in one episode. In the next episode, in a new situation, he tried to use the same technique. But the bully knew his old move and grabbed his leg and broke his leg. And now he's standing on one leg. And you're watching this. You say, this is not going to be good. He's going to lose. And his master, Miyagi, is in the stands. And he pulled this little toy out of his pocket. And it's like a paddle with two balls that are connected. And he plays with it. The ball hit the paddle on the left, hit on the right. And when Daniel Caruso saw, when he saw that, that brought into his memory an old move, a, a move, a new move that they practiced but never used. And so he used that move to come after the bully and hit him on the left and hit him on the right and won the fight. Standing on one leg. America, you're standing on one leg right now. We have racial tension. Hello? Disunity. And this is not a battle between the donkey and the elephant. It's a battle between the lamb and the serpent. Hello? But I'm here to say to you that God still has another move. Darkness may devastate. Come on. But kingdom champion must resonate. And dunamis is going to detonate. Come on somebody. And there's a revival that God wants to release that is going to sweep this nation. But the question is, are you ready? And will you be part of a church that is going to impact the community? Hello? Just imagine the kind of power that came down when the priests were offering sacrifice in King Solomon's temple. And the glory was so heavy, they, could, they couldn't get up. They couldn't stand up. Imagine that kind of power detonating on the largest scale here in Georgia. Imagine that kind of power falling on the Las Vegas Strip. Imagine that kind of power, come on, detonating in Washington, D.C. Come on, Saul was a persecutor of Christians. And the power of God detonated. And he had an encounter with God and his name went from Saul to Paul. How do you know God can mess you up and change your identity? He went from Saul to Paul. He was changed. Imagine that kind of power that touching people in this land that are anti-God, anti-Bible, anti-everything. Imagine that kind of power. Come on, sweeping our nation, touching Georgia. Come on, touching our city, touching our community. Imagine, come on, darkness may devastate where champion resonate. Dunamis is going to detonate. 
Imagine John the Baptist preaching the same sermon. Hello? And thousands of people came to hear him. It wasn't because of his great outfit that he was wearing. It wasn't because he was passing out Starbucks coffee. Or coming up with gimmicks and tricks to draw people in. You know what happened? It was the glory of God. The glory of God. And I'm here to tell you. Come on, there's an invasion that is coming. The glory of God. Sweeping our community. After a while, come on. All people are going to come to look for the real thing. And if you're not compromising, if you're standing for what's right, there's coming a time there's going to be a famine, not of bread or water, as the scripture said, but a famine for the word of God. And God is raising up this church, Anchor of Faith Church, to be a place where people can come and receive the unadulterated word of God without compromise and you're going to get filled with the power of God and go out there and impact your community. How do we do it? I'm glad you asked the question. Happy, mother, happy Mother's Day to all the mothers. Because let me just go here in my text. Hannah is a woman and the scripture said she had no son. Her womb, she had no child. Her womb was shut. Hello? Now, her name, Hannah, means grace. Somebody say grace. Grace means power beyond your own ability. Grace means unmerited favor. And the scripture said that when the time came to bring in offerings, that Elkanah, her husband, gave portions to everybody else but to Hannah he gave a double portion somebody say twice as much so it's not a stretch to say that she had twice as much power beyond her own ability twice as much favor twice as much grace and yet the fruit of her life did not match the power in her life hello the, the fruit of her life did not match the effort in her. How would you in her life? How would you like to be in the place where your ministry does not match your anointing? Your business does not match your efforts. Somebody say frustration. Frustration because of contradiction. And many of us Christians get frustrated because of contradiction. How can I believe in a God that is a healer? And yet I'm struggling on my child is struggling or my spouse is struggling with an illness that no matter how much I pray doesn't seem to go away somebody say contradiction if God is all powerful how come we're getting beat up the way we're getting beat up somebody say frustration frustration she is frustrated and I can tell you right now there's a lot of frustration going on in this country right now a lot of people feel as if there's nothing they could do to change things. They feel powerless because of frustration. And here's a perfect scenario where here's a woman that is frustrated. It doesn't help that she had a concubine that is mocking her. A rival that is helping her. You know, during this shutdown, during this COVID, the season that we went through, 
They made fun of the church. The church has to shut down. But if you had to go riot, it was okay. Hello? Somebody say frustration. The bars and the nightclubs are essential. But the house of God is non-essential. Somebody say frustration. Frustration because of contradiction. But here's the thing. Hannah didn't just call her group of friends and start to complain about it. I said, this country is going down in hell in a hand basket. I don't know what we're going to do here in Georgia. You like my southern accent? <laughs> Hello? She didn't start a gossip club where everybody can come and share about all their frustrations. She did something. Come on. She was part of the 2.5%. She was that innovator. The scripture says she went into the temple. She went into the presence of God. She begins to do some throne room activities. She started to pray. She started to pray. She started to believe God for a change in her city, for a change in her community. Right now, God is not looking for complainers, but he's looking, come on, for some first responders. How many of you know when there's a car, when there's a car wreck, when there's somebody, somebody, there's a fire, they call what they call the first First responders. God is now in this time and age where we're living. God is looking for some first responders. How many first responders do we have here today that are going to say, I'm going to take this into the throne room of God. I'm not going to complain. I am going to believe God. But here's the thing. Bear with me for just a moment. I'm going to bring this home. Is that when you study the case of Hannah. She begins to understand that there are more than just one frustration. There are two frustrations. There is an earthly frustration and there's a heavenly frustration. Hannah is frustrated. Her womb is closed up. She has twice as much power. The power in her life does not match the fruits of her life. But we realize that God is frustrated. Because the leadership over Hannah... Is corrupt. The priest Elah. The problem was that Elah lost his sight. That's a prophetic picture of when a leader or a person loses their vision. When he lost his sight, he could no longer fulfill his priestly responsibility, which was to maintain the fire of God burning on the altar. There was a law of fire in the scripture. The fire started by God. The fire was supposed to be maintained by the priest. The fire was supposed to be used to start other fire. That's a blue pattern. That's a blue, uh, a blue pattern for revival. Come on. God wants to release a fire right here in this church. And you are supposed to maintain that fire and take that fire to start other fire. The altar is a place of connection and disconnection. You're supposed to be connecting with your future and disconnecting from from your past but here's the thing the priest 
was not there to cultivate the fire, to, come on, to maintain the fire and lost the fire. And now there was darkness in the temple. And when there was darkness in the temple, Eli's sons came into the temple and was having sex with women that came in to bring their offering. And the scripture says that Eli knew about it and did nothing about it. So God was frustrated with a corrupt leadership. Hello? And so what God did is, is that he ordered a substitute. Come on, when darkness devastated, Hannah the champion resonated, Dunamis detonated, and God ordered a substitute to bring a shift and a change in the spiritual leadership over the nation. Come on. When Hannah went into the temple, come on, she prayed. And when she got pregnant, she was looking for a son, but God was looking for one prophet and two kings. Hello? She conceived. Come on. Nicodemus, Jesus said to Nicodemus, that which is born of the flesh is flesh, but that which is born of the spirit is spirit. When she conceived Samuel, the ass of the Lord, heaven was pregnant with one prophet and two kings. It was Samuel that brought a dispensational shift in the nation of Israel and anointed the first king, Saul. Saul messed up. Samuel still go, was still going strong and anointed David. The thing that came out of her through the birthing process, when she resonated, when darkness devastated, oh, dunamis detonated and released something that was bigger than her problem, bigger than her family. What came out of her affected her life, affected her city, affected her nation, affected her generation, affected the next generation. I don't know who I'm preaching to, but I'm here to tell you the fight we're in right now is bigger than you. It's bigger than me. It's bigger than Georgia. It's bigger than the left or the right. Come on. God wants to birth something that is going to be through you, in you, that is going to be bigger than you, that is going to affect your family, your city, your nation, and the nations of the world. Hallelujah. Shout glory three times. Shout glory three times. Shout glory three times. I'm here to say to you, God still has another move. Come on, Georgia. God still has another move. Some of you right now, you're dealing with finances. God still has another move. Another move over your finances. Another move over your children. Another move. But the scripture says she went into the temple. Let's stand up. She went into the temple. And she prayed year after year. Listen, power has dimensions like money has denomination. I'm going to say it one more time. Power has dimensions like money has denomination. Now ladies, if I was to ask you, I want to give you options to go shop. It's Mother's Day. Some of you, there's a five, there's a 20, and there's a hundred. Whichever one you choose, that's what we're going to let you go out and shop with. 
How many of you say, I go to Anchor of Faith Church, and I'm very humble. Pastor, just give me the five. How many of you are going to take the five? At least people, somebody is five. We're going to have, we're going to have an altar call for lying. And if you know the hundred, it's better than the five. Five is money. One hundred is money. But what's the difference? More purchasing power. Hello? Power has dimensions. Like money has denomination. In other words, there's so much more power that we can wield. That will help us. Come on. I'll do our enemy. I was looking at my hotel room today as we were getting on the elevator and I look at my wife and said, look at that. I like that. And it says on the elevator, no matter what level you are, whatever, no, no matter at what level you are on, there's a service to another level. In other words, no matter how high you've reached, there's another level. Hello? So the devil may throw his best, but God has another level. Come on. There's a glory on another level. There's an anointing on another level. Hello? And we have to learn how to press into this. The question that I have for you this morning. Are you going to be part of the 2.5%? We talk about Kratos, Iskos, Energia, another level, another level of power. So what I want to do this morning, before we pray, I want to give you an opportunity. If you're here today, you want to say, I want to be that champion that will resonate when darkness devastates. I want to be that person. That would be positioned so that dunamis can detonate. If you're saying that's me, I want you to raise your hand. And if you're serious about it, I want you to take a step of faith. Just get out of your seat and just come, get out of your seat and just come and fill this altar. Like Hannah came in. Someone 10 says, in the days of your power. Your people shall volunteer. There's a movement of the volunteer army of the Lord. The nameless, the faceless. People who will stand for righteousness. Every car needs a garage. Every, every boat needs need a, a landing dock. Every airplane needs a tarmac. And when you come into this altar... You're saying, Lord, land on me. Do it in me so you can do it through me. Use me. Joel 2.23 says, Be glad, ye children of Zion, and rejoice in the Lord, for he had given you the former rain moderately, and he will cause... To come down for you the rain, the former rain and the latter rain in the first month. As believers, we've been reading about rain 
in the word, hearing about it from pulpits for years. And we've been staring, staring towards heaven so long, waiting for it to come. And we have this mental image of God pouring down his spirit from some sort of big heavenly pictures above us. But you know what? We've been looking in the wrong direction. The pictures God is going to use to pour out his power are right here on earth. Jesus explained it this way. He that believe on me, as the scripture had said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. John chapter 7 verse 38. The end time flood we've all been expecting is going to be composed of living water that will be poured from the believers. The Holy Spirit within us will be the source of all the signs and wonders and miracles the prophet foretold. And when we begin to fervently pray, the prayer of intercession, the flood of that power will begin to flow. Zechariah 10 verse 1 says, Ask of the Lord rain in the time of the latter rain, so the Lord shall make bright clouds and give them showers of rain to everyone grass in the field. Come on, open your mouth and begin to pray right now. Come on, like Hannah, open your mouth. Raise your hands. Both hands in heaven. Your hands are like spiritual antennas. Oh, Rabba Shoka Rabba. Come on. She pray, she pray, she pray, she pray. She pray, she pray until the priest thought she was drunk. Oh God, do it here in Georgia. Do it here, do it again. Come on, open your mouth. Pray, pray. Do it in my family. Do it in me as a husband, as a wife. As a child, do it, Lord. Reshko bambose, reko sikaraba, rekaba. Come on, come on, pray, pray, pray. I believe that this morning, God is starting something in this church. Not that He was moving; He was not moving before, but He's adding to what He was doing. Something new and something fresh, a fresh fire. You know what? It's going to start in you. And as you come on Sunday morning, you're going to bring your own embers. Burning. You're going to come in this church burning. Can't wait for the worship to start. Can't wait for the preaching. There's going to be a new sense of excitement. Come on. There's going to be something. And when you go out, people are going to say there's something different about you. What is it? Pray for me. I feel something about you. Because the glory is all over you. Shall I do it again? Roshakaba. Shall I do it again? Do it again. Fill me up. Fill me up. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our podcast today. We trust you received a word from God. If you enjoyed this teaching, be sure to subscribe to our podcast in iTunes. By subscribing, you'll be sure to receive a new message every week as soon as they are made available. And if you'd like to learn more about Anchor Faith Church, you can stop by our website at anchorfaithbaldosta.com. There you'll find our locations and service times, ministries that are available for you and your family. You can even give financially in support of the ministry. Thank you again for listening, and we look forward to seeing you next time right here on the Anchor Faith Church podcast.